Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your hosts, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Welcome to Inside the Firm with a, another special edition uh, podcast with from the AIA 2019 convention in Las Vegas, Nevada. A man, a guest, an American treasure, someone who needs no introduction, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, best friends. I hope you all had a great week this week. How you doing, Lance? I'm doing well. It's good to be in person. This that's, is that's, that's, everybody should know. This is the hashtag Shut Up Al podcast. Hashtag episode. Shut Up Al. <laughs> How you been, man? It's been good. It's been awesome hanging out with you. Yeah, it's been awesome. It, you finally get to meet you. I didn't realize you were so much taller than me. <laughs> I mean, a good two feet over my head. It's it's actually astounding. I can't believe how short Nick really is. It's crazy. I, I mean, I didn't think I was that short. And then I, st- I, st- I stood next to Lance Keiko, and, I mean, the man towers over me. You know who was really surprising, though, was uh, Mark. Had you met you met Mark before yeah, I've this, known right? Mark. I've seen Mark for years. Yeah, I had no idea he was that tall. Oh, yeah. Mark LePage, I'm six foot and three quarters inches, and Mark LePage towers over me. I'm serious. He's actually quite tall. He is. Yeah. Uh, so hey, I've been trying to avoid asking you questions so that we can. Can... <laughs> <laughs> this is a surprise because <laughs> I want to know stuff about you. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so uh, if if you're a first time listener, Nick is an integral part of the podcast. We are grateful for him. He does Nick reads. It's a weekly thing. I'm the, I'm the break between Lance and Al talking, and it gives them time to find their questions. Yes, for ARE Jeopardy. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so we're super grateful for Nick. He does he does his fun ep- he does his fun thing. He um, I can't remember how we found each other somehow through the architecture our, our entree architect community. It was bestfriends.com meetup. Oh, I'm bestfriends sorry. Yes, meetup.com. Yes, it was. It was bestfriendsmeetup.com. Bestfriendsmeetup.com. Uh, bestfriendsmeetup, and then do a podcast together. <laughs> is what it is. Yes, but I think it was we used to do a segment that was worst and best advice. Yes, and then uh, and then and then uh, then you just started. I can't remember how it. I think yours was so fucking good that I, I just. Yeah, I think I endeared you guys, endeared myself to you guys with the unedited version I sent that never has been aired. Yeah, I think that's what it was, and then we just started this, and then we started that whole thing, and then we exchanged books. Yes, uh, we set up Nick and his whole family with a bunch of merch from inside yes, we the firm. Thank you. That's awesome. They sent us all sweatshirts for Florida, so it was, uh, you know, <laughs> we, we can wear those about a week of the year. <laughs> It's never cold there, seriously? Yeah, I mean, we have sweatshirt weather like two weeks. Oh, okay, so it is two weeks out of the year. Well, that's that's good to know. I guess we got to send thongs next. Yeah, thongs. That'd be awesome. That's what you need. Well, hey, we'll, tell we'll me. A, I'll get a family picture on the beach with a bunch of speedos. <laughs> yeah. Um, tell me about how you started Dig. So, yeah, Dig started in 2014, and it it actually started as just a partially influenced by Mark LePage in trying to do con- some construction management. And we had a project. It wasn't an architecture firm to begin with? No. It was Seriously. was a construction management company. And um, through, so it was with one project, they wanted us to be involved, or me, not so much us, but me to be involved throughout construction. And I had a partner and we had a little bit of a falling out and we were kind of going through a rocky spell. And so I don't know this is me retaliating against him for some things that he was doing or whatever. But I'm like, I'm not, if I'm going to do this construction management, I'm not sharing this with him. It's going to be something I do. Mm. And um, so there's a little contempt in it. <laughs> and, uh, but I started this company and we were going to manage, I was going to manage this project. Well, um, and what it was your, it was both y'all's project and then it was a, it was a project that our firm had designed. Mm-hmm. And then it was going into construction. And usually at that time, um, we weren't too involved in construction. We Just by the nature of a lot of the builders we were working with, they didn't want us involved. And, you know, we were still coming out of the recession. And I was just happy to have whatever I could get. Yeah, I hear you. So, um, but times were getting better. I said, I'm going to do this. And then we talked about it. It's not like I completely surprised him, but I I did it. And I didn't include him. And... um, 
So we went down this road with this house I designed. And in the spring of 2015, we had a builder that was going to work with us. I was going to be the construction manager. And, you know, we were all excited. And our client had their final meeting with the builder. And the man said, you're just going to have to trust me every time they answer, asked him a question. I thought, Golly, this is going so bad. Ugh. And uh, they called me an hour after that meeting and said, we're not hiring this guy. We're not sure what we're going to do next. And so for the whole, that was on a Friday. So for the whole weekend I stewed, I'm like, oh, my God. We've been down this path. I don't have formal bid drawings. I'm going to have to go and create formal bid drawings, and they're not going to want to pay for them. So I stressed out all weekend. And on Monday morning they called me and said, you know, we talked about it over the weekend. Would you consider building this house for us? And I was taken back. I just kind of came out of left field. That is like not, yeah, that, I mean, it's further than left field. Yeah. It's behind the bleachers yeah. and from left field. So then I sat back and said yes quickly. Yeah. But with the caveat that I need to get registered or licensed as a builder. I'm not a builder at yeah. this point. And gonna, had you had any building experience at none, all? None. None. Just, just none. white color. Yeah. I was just an architect that sat and drew pretty pictures. Um, so I quickly called our local building trade and said, what can I do to get licensed to build a house quickly? And I could have gone through my state and got licensed at the state level, but they're like, it's much easier and quicker to get registered at a local level. And then you can build in our county and reciprocate to other counties. I'm like, well, of course, I'm not going to build it. Florida's a big state. I'm not going to go beyond two counties. So I did that. Two months later, I was licensed. They had the patience for you to. Yeah, they waited for two wow. months. And um, what did you did you show them? Did you show them your your backside? I don't understand. Like, how did you convince? That's amazing. I don't, they were just so frustrated with some of the builders they uh. talked to, and you know, people telling them they couldn't do what they wanted to do. People telling them, you know, the the final builder. I mean, he put a and Lance, you know, budgets. He put a budget a allowance in in the contract for five thousand dollars for landscaping and site lighting. And how big was it? it was, I mean, it was only a 75 by 150 lot, but you can't sod a lot for $5,000 no. and put irrigation and lighting in? No. Oh, yeah, not the... Yeah. Maybe, maybe... Pl- may, no, just no, you maybe gravel. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> so um, they're like, we just don't want to work. We trust you. We want you to do it. And they waited, and about a month after I got registered, we were building a first time, broke ground on my first house ever. And... Uh, we did pretty good. We came in under budget, on time. We took a year, but we came we, we came in under contract, and uh, that house has been featured on Dwell, featured on Contemporist. Keeps getting picked up in South America. I don't know why, but South, South Americans America, love your work, they Nick. Love they work. love your work. A superstar down there. <laughs> you know, not more much more than the national treasure. Down Absolutely, there. as so, you're an international treasure. International My treasure lord, down there. So. Um, and then it's just the funny thing was, so I'm like, I'm all set up and hyped to do design build, but I didn't want to take on any more projects until I got this one done. I wanted to be done and know I could do it. Yeah, exactly. And I had all these people ask until I closed on that house and then no one asked. So I went back to just being, doing architecture and I had a separate company. I'd bought my partner out. Um, I had a separate company that was doing architecture at the time. And I just end up combining into one company, and now we're going to have to go back to two just because of insurance purposes in that we're picking up and starting to look at more and more build projects. We're about 75% done with our second build right now. Did you just kind of, honestly, did you fall in love with building after that? I mean, were you just like, I really yeah. freaking like it. I love it, and I always I always did like it. I was just didn't know to get into it. From a kid, I would take stuff apart and put it together. I wanted to know how stuff worked. And, uh, you know, it's just, I thought all I should do was draw. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, I can draw, but then I can build it. Yeah. And that's so cool. It's so cool. It's so cool. And you learn so much. Oh, incredible. My, like, you cannot pay for that. You, can, I mean, at the end, the end of the day, the clients kind of pay for the, they pay for that education. Yeah. But even, I've been on the construction field since I was 13. And even today, when the project we're building right now, I'm like, damn it, I didn't know about that. You know, even just like little tricks that the subs have, where I'm like, huh, man, if we if we drew this this way next time and specified this 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 way next time, it'll save time, money for the next trade. 
it's super interesting. Yeah, we're always talking to our subs. I'm out. Are you guys? We think this drawing is cool. It looks awesome. Is it helpful? And we find out some of the th- stuff we really like. Doesn't they don't even look at? It. They yeah. don't care. Yeah. So it's like now, why am I going to draw this? Yeah. If they don't care about it, I'm just wasting my own time, and I'm wasting profit because I could be. If I didn't spend two hours doing that drawing, that's two more hours of time I could be doing something else and making more money. Yeah. So it's been, it's been awesome. I mean, getting on the field and working with those guys. And you're actually doing some yeah, of the work, we, right? We, we self-perform a little bit. Um, the jobs. Like other, specialty items that maybe yeah, they won't do? Yeah, specialty items. And jobs that people don't want to do or we can't get them quickly, we'll do. But I think that endears ourselves to our other subs because, I mean... It's one thing to do some of this stuff, but all of a sudden they look down and the, the architecture team is rolling out floor production. And I'm like, oh, my God. And beyond that, it, it's the builder and the architecture team rolling down floor production. Yep. That yep. doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. No, no. You, I, I, I'm with you on that point 100%. My subs, and I speak a little, I've said this on a couple podcasts ago, like, learn to speak a little bit of Spanish. And make some span make some jokes in Spanish, and all of a sudden you come down, you're not, not come down, you just meet them at a level. Everybody meets at a level. And, uh, you know, I had, like, one of the best compliments the other day from my framer, who's this old guy. His name is Chencho. He's a very nice man. And he goes, like, you impressed me, Lance. You are impressive. You're, you're not like other architects. And now they only want to work with us. They, <laughs> and they're literally asking me, like, when's the next project? Sure. Which I'm like, and now it's got me thinking, like you, like, well, shit, maybe we should, maybe we should continue this construction thing. Because the, the idea was is we were only going to do it for ourselves. But... If I've already designed it like you've designed it, it's like you know the intricacies, you have more control over it, you already know the client, they have the expectations of working with you. See, now, and we're, we're actually looking at taking that a step further away from being the architect and that we have a builder that we kind of work with tightly, and we may actually be hired back by her to be superintendents on projects, um, which but I think drawn is... Drawn by somebody else? Potentially. You're okay with that? Yeah, I am. You tear I, up the drawings? I am. Well, no, I gotta. You, you gotta know your role in the project. Yeah. I mean, if we're superintendent, it's not our job to correct the drawings. Right. It's our job to build what's there. No, I mean critique them. Yeah, not our job. Oh, okay. It's our job to build what's there. Okay. I'm not gonna look. At, I can't. <laughs> I can't. That's not my job at that point. It's, but it, on the other side, it's awesome educational because now you're looking at somebody else's work and how they got to their thing. Yeah. And you're learning from them too. So now you're doubling the learning. You're learning from the subs, and you're learning from somebody else, which is awesome. And somebody asked me, why would you do that? And and my response is, is, I mean, I know we post lots of pretty pictures of, like, two houses. But we have lots of houses that are projects that we don't post. And they're not not projects. They're good projects, and we're we're making somebody's lives better. But they're not, like projects that it's going to get us you know back porch edition that's not going to get me a ton of work in the future right i could do that or i could go build somebody else's cool house from scratch i'd rather build the house and that's why you're and that's why you're doing it yeah all day yeah yeah i love that so so you're so the house you're building right now how big is it 4200 square feet it'll be our biggest house um we just put siding. Siding just went on today. While you're while you're while sitting here, here with which me. has been a bit of a struggle. Um, we're supposed we were supposed to go hot in the house today with electric. That didn't happen. We're now told that'll be Monday. So throwing a little wrench because we had floor, flooring delivered today. Um, the inside is drywalled. Where we're going to be waiting on cabinets here pretty quick, and uh, we're going to hopefully be done in September. And then how long of a build was that, if you're done in September? That would have been, uh, we we got permitted at the end of November last year. Okay. So, you know, roughly eight to nine months. That's awesome for a house so, that big. Yeah, we're stepping we step up a lot in this one compared to our last one. Um, and hopefully everybody appreciates that in the end. But it was, and it's funny, our client, um, at the beginning, there was another house near them that started at the same time. And she said to me, you know, this will be a gauge of how good you are. And I said, well, not really. <laughs> the build- client did? Yeah. I said, that builder, they build stuff every day. Yeah. And they build lots. And lots of their stuff isn't designed. It's just houses. Yeah. 
it's not fair for you to to compare me to that. Apples to oranges. Yeah. On the other hand, we're dried in, we're sheetrocked, we got siding on, they still have zip wall, and you can see the frames. Oh, seriously? They don't even have insulation yet. So we're so far ahead of them, it's not even funny. Yeah. So when we talk about schedule, go check out that other house, see how they're doing. What do you think your trick, do you have a, it, why, we're in the same boat. Um, we have had, as far as scheduling goes, and feedback that we've gotten from our subcontractors, the roofing especially, who does a ton of work in town, they, they literally came on site, and it's a young guy like me, and he goes, you guys are the only project that we have been a part of in Colorado in the last couple of years that is below budget and, and ahead of schedule. We're technically a week ahead of schedule right now. What do you think that accounts for? Do you think it's just because you know that as an architect, as the intricacies? and We know that... And I'm not. I don't want to put builders down because there's some amazing builders. Absolutely, they don't. They can never know the house as good as we do. I mean, our clients don't even know their project as well. We designed it. Yep. We know every what every line means. No one knows it as good as us. That gives us an unfair advantage over builders. Secondly, on this project, we've had some people that have just worked their tails off for me, and we've been able to encourage people to work a little bit quicker um, while still holding a good level of craft. Beyond that, I mean, we had some luck. Yeah, I mean, we had a good winter. Not a lot of we haven't had a lot of we have a drought right now in Florida, so we haven't lost a lot of days because of rain. Um, we had a lot next to our property that was vacant, which so was given, stage, which was given us the opportunity to stage. And we didn't really ask, but we were going to resod it when we were done <laughs> anyway, and nobody complained. So um, we had all these advantages that have been going for us on this project that have really played well. Yeah, good. And I mean, there's been no days where we just ran and started to run into days where people did no shows. Up until this point, we we didn't have any no shows. Yeah, which is awesome. That is awesome. That good just for doesn't you. happen often. It doesn't. No, it, we've had a few no shows. Or my truck uh, broke down. Yep, uh, we've had a couple of those. Yep. I mean, you know. Yep, I do. Yeah, it's uh, plumbers right now. We need plumbers. Yeah. My God, if there's any profession, there's a lot of sparkies, a lot of electricians. You know they're good. At least in Colorado, I, you know I'm, that's where I'm speaking from. There's a lot of good framers, but man, for where we're at is the pinch point is plumbing. I mean, price wise, getting them to show up, it's just brutal. I mean, it's, we need everything. Right yeah, now. we do need everything. Yeah, yeah. It's just, we have a definite lack in that industry. And there's, um, there's so much money to be made there. It's so unfortunate. But, oh, it is that we have all we sent all these kids to college. They accrued all this debt, and now what do they do? And now there's a massive shortage. And people like have this short-sightedness, like, he's just an electrician. He doesn't make that much money. And it's like, no, they don't. They make tons of money. They make more money than I do. With, with no debt. Yeah. I mean, it's they're easy. They don't have an office. They have a truck that they bought, and they have their tools. Mm-hmm. What a great way to go for people. Yeah, absolutely. I, w- I wish. It, it makes me so mad. I get so frustrated you probably saw that post a while back that I made on Facebook about, like, I want to start a trade school. Like, I should just start a trade school and get people going. Like, it may, I'd like now that's a, it's a crazy thought, and I, I, won't, I probably won't do it. But, man, it's just I really wish we had we could tap into more people and stuff. Because I went to a trade school for two years, and I saw, like, the quality of people that come out there. And they, they're ready to run their business, and they're ready to rock, and they're ready to, they, you know, they're, they're there to do good stuff. How do you manage building and doing architecture at time wise like how do you how do you you got a family how do you do it so you know my day starts i'll give you a net just an everyday for me yeah so my day starts by taking my kids to school at eight thirty. my wife's a teacher and so she doesn't have that she's already at school by the time we leave so i drop my kids off at eight school at eight thirty at school and then i usually head to the job site till about noon and then I go back to the office um, to um, just draw, catch up on paperwork, emails, whatever I need to do. My kids then come to my studio after school. And then we go home about 6 o'clock, 5.30 every day. And then from 6 to five thirty, or from six to 8, I'm down. I'm, it's family time. But as soon as those kids go back, go to bed, I'm back at it. And I'm generally, I do most of my design and drawing in the evening. And it's not healthy. I'm up till two or three every night. <laughs> but that's what I do. And I had this amazing project manager that I hired at the top of this year, and she's 
killing it for me and doing an amazing job. So she's really helped take a lot of load off and allowed me to take on more projects. And right now I'm training her to lead a build. So hopefully here in the next two months she'll be leading her first build. That's exciting. That's exciting. Yeah, you're just grabbing this whole build thing, I mean, by the balls. And I I love it. We don't say no. And that's what's got us to where we are because, I mean, we have another big project, and it's a state project. And after that client, like two months after he bought his property, we had Hurricane Irma come through. And Irma cut out 100 feet of dune from him. And at one point, the house that was there, we knew we were going to tear it down. So it wasn't that big, but the pool was cantilevered out over the beach. Mm. And we took all that out. And all of a sudden, I went from being his architect to his site manager. And all of a sudden, I turn around and I'm helping build a seawall. I never thought I'd build a seawall. Yeah, no kidding. And then we're demoing the house. And it's all this stuff. We just don't say no. We just say, yeah, we can do it. We'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. So it opens the door a lot. And I actually, I learned that we had Matt Huffed. Into uh, for design awards, and I coordinated all that, and I got to sit down with Matt over uh, cigars and beer one night, and uh, you know, I just I just quizzed him because I, I love their work, I love their studio, what they do is amazing. It's like how did you how did you how did you build this studio that is so in, interdisciplinary that you have interior designers, you have graphic designers, you have welders, you have craft, you have all these people that work under your studio. How does that happen? And he's just like, we just didn't say no. Yeah, I'm like, all right, I'm doing that from now on. I'm just not going to say no. Yeah. No, I mean, there are projects I will say you no. You will say, I was going to say like, bullshit. You, you, you're going to, there's some things you're going to say no If you say no condo, to. I say no. <laughs> <laughs> we talked to you about something yeah, like that the other day. That. Yeah. Cause there was, a, we had a, we had a client come through the pipeline um, and you were like, no, not, <laughs> yeah, not no, again. Not, not going to touch it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is <laughs> what we're literally building right now. <laughs> um, man, sky's the limit for you. I really appreciate your work. I think your work is, I think your work is, is phenomenal. Thank you. You've been winning awards. A few. You've been winning a few awards. Um, how do you how do you go about s- submitting and like what's that process for you like? Like, is it a lot of time? Like, if you had to give advice to people about in their local chapters, AIA chapters, like what's the keys? How do you win? First, you got to do good work, right? Yeah, you got to you got to you got to get good pictures. Um, what I found, at least listening to people that win at state level, which we we haven't we've just won locally, is you got to have solid diagrams. Which we're we're not good at diagram. I just create. I don't diagram stuff. I just keep m- pushing and pulling models until I'm happy. And so now I have to go back and rethink how I design a little bit, or at least pause and do diagrams so that I can. Because I I never knew how appreciated they those those like a thought. section where they talk yeah. about spaces. Well, just, yeah, just when they you know draw arrows and colors and all this stuff. Yep. And. Uh, we just never do that, but we, we need to do it. So, but generally it's, it's less than 200 bucks to submit. You do a little 20 page PowerPoint with pictures and see where it goes. Yeah. Now we'll say it's important to know the jury. You want to find, you want to submit to juries that do work like you. Ah, uh, got it. Because if you don't, how do you how do you know the jury ahead of time? Usually they announce. Oh, okay. At least in our chapters, they'll announce. So w- there's been times where we haven't submitted just because I didn't I didn't think our work aligned with what they did, mm-hmm. and I didn't think we'd be appreciated. So we'll just wait till next year. Yeah. Does it help you get work? No. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even hesitate. Not at all. How do you get work, Nick? Word of mouth is it, is it, yeah, is it word of mouth this time? We're almost a hundred percent referral. Yeah. I think that's the way to go. Those are the quality clients. We are finding some leads in other areas. Instagram has picked up a little bit for us. Yeah. Um, Facebook rarely, but um, we're on, uh, what's the, um, Thumbtack. We're on that, too, and we've had a couple leads there. But Yeah. And actually had it one solid lead almost come through, so. Yeah. Those are few and far between. Yes. Um, there's some bread and butter work in there. Like, from our perspective, Thumbtack has produced, though, like Eldorado Walls, that project. Somehow, that's how they found us. Uh, their top shelf, that super modern one that we're doing, they well, found us through there. We're on, I'm active on there just because I know something's coming. Yep. 
and there's going to be a time where bread and butter is all we have. Yeah. And it's coming. I agree. I agree. Speak a little bit about that. So um, you how did how did so the firm you were with before, right? Were you did you were you there during the whole recession or like is that when you started after? So, so in 2007 I moved to Jacksonville from where from Columbus, Ohio. And that was kind of right at the press. Perfect time. Um, and I had a job there and we were, they hired me to do hospitality work. And all of a sudden that dried up. And I started doing city work. And I got a little annoyed. And then that project finished, and all of a sudden I'm doing military work. And I got really annoyed. Oh, yeah. And that, and I was also talking with my ex-partner at the time. We were working on the contract. And every night I'd go home and talk to my wife. I want to quit so bad. I hate this. I can't. I can't do this type of work. It's draining me. And she said, no, you can't quit until you have a contract. <laughs> so we we hurried up and got that contract through, and then I joined him, and things were good for a couple months, and then it just It's just off. you two? Yeah. Well, we had a draftsman at, the, at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it fell off. We had to lay him off probably four months into our partnership, and then we just struggled for 2008, 2009, and even into 2010. I mean, it was a struggle. I'm glad I didn't have kids. Good for you. Yet because it was, it was, we were really lean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it was a tough time for sure. Absolutely. I, I didn't have. I wasn't smart enough to start building Revit models. Or <laughs> looking at other ways. I was just like so focused. I, like, I got to start this architecture firm. I got to do whatever it takes. Yeah. And I didn't even. I wasn't smart enough to think. Well, I could go do some other stuff and make some money. Yeah. I just sat in the studio and tried to do marketing and market to nobody and do a couple little projects yeah yeah it was tough there i mean that was, oh, that was a rough time but where it seems like we're headed for a new one. Oh yeah uh it seems like we're on uh the cusp of at, we're at the end of the what's known as if you're into austrian economics the business cycle um so it's been about 10 years yes. um it seems like we're doing one for one if you could give advice to people like us uh, actually somebody even like uh just starting out um or is has an as it has is working for another firm what what would you what would you have them do um what, what kind of advice would you give them you know as well, we end that right now if you're working for another firm stay there i don't think it's a good time to step out because if you step out it's going to take you in best case you know every time i've started a new company it's t- taken about 18 months to catch on even my, even when I went from my old company to my new company, we had a lag in work. Um, so you're going to experience that. I don't know that a recession is a great time to do that unless you, you have money stocked away. If you have money stocked away and you can live without paying yourself for a few, several months, maybe maybe it's not a bad time. But not many people have that. Especially I look back to when I was young. I couldn't take a not take a paycheck for a month. You know, you don't get paid enough as an intern, right? Let alone, you know, just. Uh, but there are people that are much better than with money than me, so. Um, so maybe it isn't bad, but um, I would I would highly suggest people staying where they're at right now, and then you just got to time the cycles right. I mean, we've looked at development too, and you and I talked about this last night. Yeah, it's not the time to start. It's not if you're not into it already. It's yep. not a good time to start. I agree. Just you just got to read it and jump in when it's right. Yeah, yeah. What what if if somebody wants? Now hopefully, hopefully. Oh, sorry to cut you off. <laughs> hopefully, this. Now is, you're interrupting Al. I know. I got to do it. I got to be. I got to. I got to channel my <laughs> hashtag. Shut up, Al. Hashtag. Shut up, Al. Um, hopefully, this is a a light recession and not a step off the cliff like A was. Yeah. We can't. I don't know. If it's a step off the cliff like eight was, I don't know how we. That, I mean, eight was devastating. I don't. I can't even imagine what this would be. Yeah. To our industry. Right. Right. And it's so soon from the last one. It's yeah. like, geez. We need a couple light ones before we go heavy again. Exactly. I'm with you on that one. What if somebody wants to? If they wanted to jump into the builder role, like you're doing, yeah. how? If somebody's like, I want to do it too. I want to build. Don't what, be afraid. Do it. Just jump in. Like so, if like you wait for the first project, or do you just not say no? I would. Looking back, 
if you're a licensed architect right now and you've gone through the ARE, a builder's test, it's, Piece e- of cake. it's easy. Yeah. It's open book. And for me, I just did registered, so it's even easier. It was two-part test, all open book. And I got like a 90 and a 95. And the funny thing was I, I was working alongside some people at the time, and the guy was going for his registration too. And he said, man, I've failed this like four times. It's so hard. And it kind of freaked me out a little bit. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like golly, you're, you build. You're a builder. Yeah. You're a framer. You do all this stuff. And you some, failed it four times. Some people are not good at taking tests. Well, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I kind of freaked out. But I went in there. I didn't study a lick. Seriously? None at all. I took you have my, a Class C? Is that what it's called down there? No, it's a res- registered residential contractor. Okay. I didn't go to the state level. I can't oh. do anything but I can't do anything but residential architecture in the counties that I'm registered in. I see. Which is fine because that's all I want to do. Yeah. There's no reason to do more. I mean, you're a little different because you're doing the multi-family, yep. multi, you know, multi-multi, multi-multi. Right? So I uh, went in open book test. Just all I did was take um, post-it notes and flagged each chapter. And went through the test, answered the questions I quickly knew the answer to. If not, I had a little spreadsheet, and I wrote down which book I thought the question was in. And then when I got done, I just went book by book and answered each question. So easy compared <laughs> to what we had to do for the area. Oh, my God. I agree. Light years easier. So, And it, there is an expense to it. It cost me about $2,000. Really? Because yeah. insurance? And well, not insurance, just materials and all the tests. Oh, fair enough. And then you also have to carry the insurance when you get licensed. Right. That's the big expense. It is a big expense. So, I mean, if you can, if it's if it's on your mind to do it, and you can swing that money, do it now so you have it, so you don't have to. Oh my God, Enoch Sears. Yeah, Enoch I'm, Sears. I'm, I'm going to do an audio bomb. This is an audio. It's like a photo bomb, but it's like audio. Yeah, we got we got Nick from Nick Reads this year. No, I know. Doing? Yeah, we're doing we're doing the we're doing the hashtag shut up Al podcast because Al's not here and he interrupts so that's that's so we have we have an interrupting Enoch we have an interrupting Enoch out of the sides yeah inside the firm yeah yeah so yeah we'll do it on our we'll publish it on ours our podcast yep. ITF. Yeah, I saw you walking by just now in yeah. front of the booth, and I was like, I almost paused, but, you know, so I'm glad you came back I didn't even around. know you were going to be here. I keep it under wraps. No, I ran a, I ran a session on Wednesday. Oh, did you? Yeah, so, so I, I – thank you. So I, I ran a session, Nick, on, um, on Wednesday. We ran two sessions, one on firm operations and how to free yourself up in the firm to be able to do what you love. And the second one on client acquisition, kind of marketing, business development in the afternoon. So that's really the reason why I came out. But it's been a good time. Cool. Yeah, it's been a good time. I can so, still remember the first time I met Enoch was in Charleston at Cran. Oh, you remember that, huh? And we had steak dinner together. Was, nice. That was a killer steak. I still remember awesome that night. steak. I remember yeah. that steakhouse. We sat at the same table. And, um, yeah, I remember that thing was a beast. I had a difficult time down Oh, yeah. That. It was an the best dinner I had in Charleston. Yeah, and well, Charleston does it right. They're in the South, you know, so it's yeah. like, yeah. yeah. So, what conversation did I interrupt, or what are we talking about today? We're talking about building. We're talking about being builders, uh, architects as builders, right? Because yeah. we both taken the plunge, giving some advice like that. Can I ask you some questions real quick? You bet. All right, well, awesome. I'll pass the mic. To okay, Enoch. passes. Are we, we going to change the subject? Because I haven't really built anything. Well, so. so this is Enoch this is Sears. This is, this is cool, man. Um, Enoch Sears, business of architecture. Major, major big name in the, in the architecture podcasting industry. Uh, he's had Alex and I on before. I would love to come on again, especially after the development project, to talk real numbers. Because that was one of the questions you asked us is like, okay, how does – I want to know numbers. Like, what did it cost for the land? How did you get – how did you finance it and all that? Um, so one of the questions I've been asked everybody, like, uh, with Nick was, it's great recession, right? Ten years ago. We're at the end of the business cycle again. If you could give uh, a small firm architect or business owner any advice as we near that end of that business cycle and try to prepare for it and keep the boat floating, what is it? Save money. Save <laughs> money. Lay off quick. No, I think I think the one thing that I've learned in my entrepreneurial journey, Lance, is that honestly, investing yourself is the best investment you can make. 
Because if you're the kind of person that can go out there and survive any downturn, if you know how to create relationships, if you know how to be able to quote unquote sell yourself or influence, you're good. You're good. You're good. That's a skill I didn't have 10 years ago, but I've been able to develop that over time. You know, so I think that's ultimately, you know, for me, life is a journey. It's about becoming. It's not necessarily about the destination. We know the cycles are going to happen. Yep. Something crazy may happen next time. But if I have the ability to go out there and make money and make business happen because I've invested in my skill set, my skill set as a communicator, my skill set as a personality, as someone that can connect with other people, that's valuable. Do you think this next one is going to be bad? Do you think it's going to be soft? Come on. We want some Oracle advice. Yeah, I predict. <laughs> let, let me look. And un, you're not paying. We're not paying you for that advice either. We just want hold, it. <laughs> I'm not hold you to it. Let me look in my crystal ball. No, you know it's it's interesting because it's difficult to look ahead and imagine a time when resources are scarce. When right now, I know all architects are flat out. You know, what I'm saying, what will the next crisis look like? I don't have a clue. I haven't been around long enough. I've only been through two dips. So right when I graduated from school is the the dot com bus. Yeah. And the year before that, there were like 35 firms at my school recruiting. The year I graduated, there was zero. So I kind of saw the effect of that. But the one I lived through, of course, was 2008. Yeah. So you're probably asking the wrong guy, man. Like, I've only been through two of these. Like, we're coming up on, you know, kind of maybe the peak of one. Uh, but it's something I think about. You know, it's something I think about. It's, uh, but I, I just focus on the skill set, man. I just focus on becoming a kind of person that can hustle, that can make money. Just make money out of thin air, man. If you have that skill set, you will never go hungry. I agree. I you agree. Yeah, hungry. and I think you know I think a lot of architects uh, come out of school and like I don't think they realize the skill set that they have. Right? I mean, the problem solving skill set, right, and the ability to go and communicate a really complex design to somebody um, shouldn't be underestimated. Right? Plus, and then you get you know you do what Dick and I are doing, and you start building. Maybe you start to do some development. Um, you've got all these software, you know, skills that you can take on. You can express yourself. So. Yeah. I think the build helps um, through recessions because now we've extended our billable time because we'll see architects will see the recession. That's first. a that's a good way to think about it. You're extending the billable time, so we we have the opportunity to make money longer. So we need to hustle to get more builds in the ground as build architect builders because once a build starts, rarely is it going to stop. Yeah, if it's funded, it's funded. It's funded. So. If we can get a couple, and which is what we're doing, we're we have potential four builds right now that we're looking at. If we can get those in the ground before something happens, we know we're going to buy ourselves an extra six to twelve to eighteen months, depending on the size of the project. That that'll carry you a long way. Because we'll we'll as architects, we'll see it about six to eight months before the before the builders. So we'll start to struggle then, but we'll know that. We got another eighteen months on the back end, potentially, that can carry us and keep making us money. And now, at that time, we may be swinging more hammers than we would otherwise because we. Well, I mean, at that point, why are we going to pay somebody to do something we can do, and we have the time for? Go ahead, Enoch. Sure. So, well, some you said made me think about this business model of building. Right? There's advantages, like you said, to be able to. You extend the, the amount of time you're involved in a project. You also are able to get. Look, you acquire one client. And you're able to profit not only from the design but also from the build, which is like amazing. So if I was like doing architecture full time again, that's I would be in the game of construction for sure. But I was just wondering what your guys' perspective is on why don't more architects build? Because to me, it's a no-brainer. I'll give you one example. So a firm that I've worked with out of Boston, um, Omot Plum, she said they recently moved into actually building. She's like, why did we not do this earlier? This is amazing. It's so much more profitable. They have more control, less changers, less problems in the field. You know, you don't have this, you can fire the GC, so to speak. You know, so why do you guys think it is that more architects aren't doing this architect-led design build model? I I, I can answer that really easily because I've thought about it a lot. There is this, architects have this fear of liability. And that's what drives a lot of it. Or fear of, and some of it is fear of responsibility. You just got to own it. And if something goes amiss on a project and there is a lawsuit, you're not sheltering yourself that much by not being the builder. You're going to get sued. Right. Um, in case, and what really cemented that with me was in, I think, 2015, I got sued as the architect of record for a condo project that happened 
and started construction before I lived in Florida and before I was a licensed architect. That mu- I mean, they just they just I wasn't, but they just were able to toss a loose string and sue me. And yeah, I got I ended up getting out of it. I didn't have to pay them anything, but I had to pay my attorneys quite a bit of money. And I had to pay my insurance company quite a bit of money because over two years I had opened suit against me, which tripled my premiums. So you can't fear that liability. If somebody's going to f- find a reason to try to make you liable and th- drag you into a suit, they're going to do it. Don't fear it. Just take own it. Yeah. Like Al says. Yeah. And Jocko says. And Jocko says. Own it. I would come at it from a, a, a fear perspective, too, in that I think architects are, are afraid to go out there and try to understand the building process from the first shovel in the ground, the first backhoe in the ground to the last nail in the roof. I mean, I was, and admittedly, I was afraid uh, when we started our current development project in that, like, I don't know how the underground stuff works. I've never seen it happen. I've been on construction sites my whole life, but I've never seen, like, when the plumbing comes in, when the electrical comes in. And now that I've seen it, I'm like, that is ridiculously simple. There's nothing to fear about that. And then I've also seen... You know, just from plumbing, like, oh, that's how you tried to charge me a an, an extra fee, and like, nope, because I'm the designer and I have my engineers, and and I'm the contractor, I could get my engineers on the phone and go, and and they were trying to say that they saw more things in the drawing that there was, but like, nope, there's not more thrust blocks. There's the exact same amount of thrust blocks. There's no extra fee. Get get it done, you know. So I don't know. That's that's what I would say. But like, once you do it. Once you've done it once, right? Yeah. Like you did with your one build, where yeah. you said, "I'm not taking on extra builds," even though, even then, and then it dried up afterwards. But like once you got through the one, yeah, it is. you know the process. So, because you don't get it from CA, you just need to be a leader. Really, you, you, it's a, it's a simple job. You just have to lead people. Do you guys foresee more architects are going to be doing following your model? Do you see the industry changing in terms of the single-family residential, multifamily space, where you'll see more guys like you out there? Kicking butt doing I, this, I think it's. I think it's. Yeah, I think it's coming back. I mean, architects used to build. We used to yeah. build all our stuff, frankly, right? And then we stopped because we got scared of liability. And I think as people see more evidence of other firms doing, I mean, you have great. I mean, films, firms firms have been doing it forever. Like Build LLC, they've been doing um, their builds. Gluck Plus, uh, Huffed, and I mean, there's just so many firms that do it now. Jonathan Segal. Jonathan Segal is Lance's hero. My hero. And like I mean just the fact I you know his big thing was getting rid of clients. He was sick of clients. Good for him. I I still love, you know, we're selective on what clients we take at this point. We're fortunate to be able to do that. Um but like he inspired me to do it and now I'm like now he's going to do a skyscraper. I'm like, yeah, I want to I'm going to do a skyscraper too one day. So I hope that like conversations like this that Nick and I are having and that is going on in the World Wide Web and lives in perpetuity forever inspire more architects to do it. Because like you said, Enoch, it's after you described that firm from Boston, they're like, it's a no-brainer. It is more money, plus it's more control. You learn more. You become a better architect. Um, yes. And that, to me, that's part of the key is like, don't you want to become, don't you always want to be better than the next day? Every day, so I I hope so. I hope more do it. And one question I've been asking everybody, maybe I'll ask you right now, is um, is this is and it it, it relates to do I think more people are going to become master builders because of this technology? So like three D printing, right? Um, CNC machines. So as we become with Revit, with all the other softwares out there, right? And that, that we're going from that piece of software right to being able to make stuff. Um, is that technology, do you think once once maybe 3D dot printing for buildings, even if it's just components, is more widely adopted, CNC stuff, is that going to help transform more architects into builders? I don't know. You know, as we just get closer to how it's, we're modeling it like it's going to be built. So what's the question? <laughs> the question is, once that technology has been more widely adopted, do you think it'll usher back in more architects as master builders because they're so close the models and the technology and the and the machines that come about that, like you see these these robots, right, that are putting up sheetrock in Japan. Is that going to allow us to just be more comfortable jumping I, in? There? I think I think that it it might if architects aren't extinct by that time. Oh, extinct. Well, here's here's another question then. With the exponential growth of technology as we've seen in the last century, it seems that automation is inevitable. 
Are you at all worried that we'll lose the profession automation? I think that you're going to see a huge slash in architects' roles continue to recede. The architects that don't become more nimble and, frankly, learn how to be better business people, if, if they want to fall back on the, uh, the core strength of an architect, which is design solutions, then that's what they're going to be relegated to in the marketplace. And, unfortunately, there's a lot of people that do that. So, yeah, I think we're going to see a culling of the profession. I mean, ultimately, that's what it is. We see it in other industries. We're seeing a consolidation through as these technologies emerge. But someone that has skill and someone that's invested in themselves and, like, they're just they're hardcore, there will always be a place for talent, you know? So I'll answer those two questions, too, because I do have an opinion on both of them. I don't think automation and 3D printing is going to change whether an architect wants to build or not. You you got to bridge that gap, yeah. Yourself, you, you want to be you either you want to build no, or not. There's no machine that's going to help you get the tools that you need to bridge that gap. That's in you. Um, as far as being able to 3D print, I do think it's going to hurt some in the industry. Not me. We design custom homes for people, one-off homes, and people that design one-of-a-kind structures. There's an artistry to that. And you can't replicate that in a computer. You can't. A computer can't. They can. A computer can paint a painting, but it can't make an original painting because it cannot think like that yet. Maybe someday, mm-hmm. but not. Not probably in our lifetime. Hopefully, hopefully. Maybe. Maybe. No, no. <laughs> I'm gonna say no. I don't know. Elon Musk really wants hey. to go to Mars because of that reason. Exactly. He's very worried about AI. <laughs> so. Is that the reason? That's the reason. So, but I think computers could easily replace like architects that do strip centers or mass produced buildings why not it's there it's just taking this the the puzzle that's the site and the puzzle that's the the building and putting it all together it's a computer could design a mcdonald's on a site that's in our future yeah can i add something to that yeah absolutely so awesome awesome point nick one thing that i see as we look at these other industries so like graphic designers have been through this right you 99designs.com perfect example yeah right we know there's a wide range of variety of like designers in terms of the graphics like people that do exceptional work and then on the other end just people that are just you know turning out garbage right however so what what we've seen through 99 something like 99designs which commoditizes this idea of design you still have high-end designers who are absolutely crushing it because they have that skill and they have the unique differentiator, you know? So that will definitely never go away. But the people, I mean, this is going to happen in the architecture profession as well, you know, really well, really well. And so what I think, what I, what I see happening is, okay, there were barriers in the past that kept competition from being as intense and fierce as it is today. What I mean by that is, for instance, if you needed to find an architect, you were pretty much relegated to your local circle, because there was no communication. There wasn't the information we have today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So people are going online more. You know, these barriers that we had in the past that would kind of insulate us and make it easier to succeed without some of the skill set and without some of the ability of an architect. Like, now, look at this. If you're going to compete with this amazing architect in a completely different part of the world, you're going to have to up-level your game. Right? So I, I guess that's kind of what I see is, like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be survival of the fittest. Because as these barriers get broken down through technology... And different websites that are like, you know, oh, Yelp for architects that may come out that's like really legit. Houses already doing some of this. More reviews, more transparency. Those architects, that, that stigma about architects that are over budget and burn the budget and piss off their clients and are egotistical, like those things will come out. So I think you're going to find people that like actually do good work, which is what both of you guys, I heard you saying. You don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. Right? Just continue to crush it and it'll just get better. Yeah. And, and Enoch, you said something that's, that has it been interesting to me lately because there has been a period where architects could work globally and I think um, with climate change we may see a chain a trend back to regional architects we've consulted on multiple projects from out-of-state architects and their client love their work and love what they do and then they try to come to Northeast Florida which is a hot humid swamp and they do stuff that just makes no sense. And I've had conversations with these architects. Like one I can remember, they were doing all these cantilevered porches, and it was beautiful. And it works so well in the state that they're from. And I'm not going to say which state, but it works so well in their state. But when you build that house on a swamp, you now create habitat for rattlesnakes and alligators. And they just never thought that. 
which is amazing to me. So that's just a little step. But as our climate changes, and we know it's changing a bit, and our storms are getting more intense and this and that. And I know Lance and I may disagree on that a little bit. <laughs> but but the storms are getting, the water's getting warmer. The storms, our hurricanes are going to get more intense. You'll need local people that understand that those systems. It'll be harder to hire an architect from California to design a house in Florida because California doesn't experience what we experience and doesn't know how to respond properly with what they design. And not to say that they're any worse. They're still phenomenal designers, but they just don't understand the environment as well. And it's hard. It's really hard to understand. And it would be hard for me to go to Colorado and understand the snow loads. And we, we or just with, materials. Yeah. Just thing. materials. You know, we have, we have out-of-state designers that come in and they put, they put exterior wood on a building from Portland, you know, Portland designer. And I'm like, that's in a year, it's going to look like shit. It's oh, going to yeah. splinter. Don't do that. <laughs> oh, we had an out-of-state trying to put Corten steel on the, on a house on the coast. And it's like, it, I know where you're at, it stops and it, and it it's, works. It's perfect. And it's beautiful. Where we're at, it continues to rust and falls off the building. Oh, wow. So it doesn't work. He, and and in Florida, we're even hampered by a little bit more because we have a product. You, we have all every product that goes on the outside of a house has to be tested. So we can't like every at every booth I've been here today that I've seen products that I like. Do you have Florida product approval? If the answer is no, I just move on because wow. I'm not going to use it. I can't. Yeah, yeah. Well, Nick, we are nearing almost an hour. Golly, it's been too fun. It's been too fun. Al hasn't interrupted us one time. No, one time. I'm it's, gonna have to come to Colorado and do one. It's great. With Al. It's great. He, he what he's gonna do is he's gonna sit and just watch us talk. Yeah. Yeah. And just get us beers. Yeah. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Do you have any parting words uh, for all the best friends out there? Do I have any parting words? I don't know. Any uh, words of inspiration? Golly. Start building. Start building. Start, start building. And shut up, Al. Yeah. We're tired of it. Yeah. It's, you're too loud. And. <laughs> And a, and I found out last night why Lance's wife doesn't listen to the podcast. Yeah, it's because Al. It's because she just Al doesn't like you. Yeah, so it's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> hashtag shut up Al. Well, hashtag thanks, Nick. Shut up Al. Yeah, it was it's awesome. Been awesome. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. It was so good to meet you in person. Awesome. Again, taller than I expected, but not too much taller. <laughs> not too much. And you were so much taller than I expected. I mean, I look up. I mean, you tower of me. Some kisses here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we gotta do a high five. High five. High five. <laughs> free high fives. All right. Free high five. We'll do it again, buddy. All right. Bye.